What do the UNC Tar Heels, Arizona Cardinals, 49ers, Dallas Cowboys, and Atlanta Falcons all have in common? This week's guest, William Sweet, has been on the roster of them all. I caught up with William to talk about his journey from Jimmy John's to the NFL and beyond into the world of real estate investing. Transitional housing is a big part of his world, and we unpacked every bit of it, all while William was on site at a potential project in the west side of Atlanta. Pro tip, if you're ever in the area, West Egg is my favorite brunch spot. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Real Estate of Things podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate of Things podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Elliott, uh, joined today by a very special guest, Mr. William Sweet. William, thank you for joining. Hey, Dalton. Thanks for having me, man. It is great to have you. You are as you sit in uh, at a project in Atlanta, right? Yes, sir. We're actually here on site right now. Uh, one of the tenants was just removed from the property from uh, actually squatting on the house. So it's not in the best conditions right now, but it's an opportunity to look and uh, invest into this property that I'm standing behind. I love it. I definitely want to dig into that with you. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. The The more of a quagmire and quandary a project is, the the bigger the opportunity. So so I love it. Anytime, you know, investors, you see a property, property differently than kind of a retail buyer, right? You just see not so much what it is today, but what it can be down the road. So that's super exciting. You have a very unique background. You've been in the NFL. That is a, a, a huge, huge piece, huge difference. And I, I want to even take it back a little bit before you got into the league and talk about Jimmy John's, right? You and I chatted a little bit before recording this podcast episode, and we talked pretty extensively about how your experience at Jimmy John's really shaped your view and your trajectory and your goals, uh, really impactful story. I wonder if you could share a little bit about that. Absolutely, man. I was blessed to uh, receive 30 Division One uh, scholarship offers coming out of First Coast High School, a member of the National Honor Society, so school was always important to me. And I wanted to go to a, a university that I could call home, not for just the next four years, but the next 40 years, that I could meet people of, of uh, great influence and also help me reach my uh, goals and dreams off the field. And uh, when I first got to college, football was cool, but I told the coaches I wanted to, to work and make some money. And uh, they introduced me to a really nice gentleman by the name of Peter Fox, and he's the leading franchisee owner of Jimmy John's. And, you know, I, I worked for him, busted tables at, at the, at the, at the uh, restaurants, did all the operations. And I was actually in charge of three worst performing stores in his franchise. And by the time I left, they became the best performing stores in his entire business. So that that was that was really good. That's wild. And and you know, you think I so I not remotely on the level that you did, but I like most American boys played football and the the dream at some point there when you're playing is, you know, you, you watch football with dad on Sunday you play football throughout the week and you're like, gosh, I want to make it there. Very early on, it was abundantly clear to me that I was not going to make a career out of that. But for you, you had the opportunity to get into the league and you you kind of had a different mindset, right? Your mindset was that the league time there was maybe supplementary to your bigger goals, uh, really on the real estate side of the fence, right? 
Absolutely. I uh, I learned at a very early age that you want to have as much of your money working for you instead of you working so hard for it. And once I kind of realized of, you know, I'm going to my internship, I'm taking six or eight credit hours in the summer, I'm going to practice, going to team captains and all this stuff. And when I would get to my job or my internship, I noticed that everybody in this building was working for this one person, this one family. And it, it switched my mindset of assets over liabilities. And that's I started to learn more about real estate, learning about how can you collect passive income and how can you receive the rent instead of paying the rent, right? And for me, it was a mindset shift of how can I, one, acquire capital that I can disperse into purchasing real estate? And also once that I, how can I maintain or, or generate a cash flow positive return? Real estate was the answer to that. I, I read a Rich Dad, Poor Dad, my rookie year in NFL. I essentially invested all of my money into stocks and real estate because I wanted to figure out how can I generate passive income. And real estate has been very good to us. We were able to start out in Jacksonville, Florida with two homes that my uh, grandparents passed down. And we put about $30,000 in the renovations, redid the walls, redid the flooring, some piping uh, issues that we also had. But they were paid off free and clear, so we were able to use that reinvestment model. And now we have seven houses in Jacksonville. That's great. So, so you had those first couple of properties. So walk me through the first property outside of your grandparents' home that you did. Did you? Is it a project that you did by yourself? Did you have partners? Was it a rehab? Was it a long-term hold? What was that first kind of from scratch project that you did? Certainly. So what we decided to do was to partner with another real estate investor. And we decided to purchase these properties together. And that made it more, that put us in a better position to analyze deals with, from, with the third party and coming together, analyzing different deals. That way we could not deploy all of our capital into deals, but we could partner on deals and have those shared common interests in terms of a return. So thanks to our business partner back home in Jacksonville, we were able to scale our, our business model into acquiring more properties without putting all of our cash in and by ourselves. Got it. Got it. So I think now's a good point. You are at a property and you said West Atlanta, right? Yes. So the West side of Atlanta is booming. West side is booming. And you can actually see from upstairs, a lot of the former tenants stuff. And it was a situation where I believe this, this family, they squatted on this house for about two years during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And they finally were able to properly remove the family that wasn't paying rent. And uh, now it's on the market. And I just got approved for a million dollars line of credit to purchase real estate. And I'm looking to get the best deal and also put myself in a position to collect as much passive income as I possibly can from purchasing this property, using leverage and using other people's money in terms of loans and stuff like that. That's the way to do it. You can you can buy one house with 100% of the money or you can buy 10 houses with 10% down. That that whole mindset. Oh yeah, le- leverage is the way to go. And I I absolutely love Atlanta. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, two and a half hours away from Atlanta. Down there incredibly frequently and I, I you know, I need to make the move sometime, but sooner than later. But the west side of Atlanta, yeah, it just in the last 
you know, the last couple of years, but you go back the last five, 10 years, uh, it's booming. They have a lot of old, beautiful brick buildings that from a, you know, retail, restaurant, commercial standpoint that have been turned into, you know, upfit the inside of it. One of my favorite restaurants in Atlanta, West Egg. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I love West Egg. I love it. I love it. I love it. Go to the, any anytime I'm in Atlanta, I, I think I've stayed true to every time since my friend Courtney Newman showed me that spot. Every time I get down there, I make it a on the way out swing by. So talk to me about what's attractive to you about the west side of Atlanta. What 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 kind of things are going on that really has you looking at it as an investment opportunity? You know, I, I think it's a, a great time to invest in Atlanta in general. But as it relates to the west side, there's still a lot of different opportunities to where a lot of big developers, a lot of big investment firms are focusing on the west side because it's it's almost like the last part of the city that's to really integrate into newer developments. And there's still a lot of opportunities for older homes that could use a lot of work. And for example, I looked at a property yesterday, really a lot different than where I'm standing today, but it was still beautiful property. This This house is still a beautiful property, but it had brand new appliances, hardwood floors, everything was freshly renovated from the kitchen to the cabinets. Whereas the house that I'm currently in right now, it still could, it still has some room for improvement. And I think that's kind of like the common theme of a lot of houses here on the west side. That's kind of been the last area to really grow and develop into being gentrified in that aspect. So it's still, it's still tons of opportunities here in Atlanta, but the West Side specifically is the place to be. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the especially now with how home price appreciation has skyrocketed, it, it's just gotten tougher and tougher the last couple of years. And even real estate investing as a whole has just become more popular. You have more people flooding into real estate at, just as an asset class, and you have to be all the more sharp, all the more critical whenever you're looking to get into a project. So if you if you end up uh, taking this property down, what's the what's the game plan with it? So this particular property, uh, as you can see, some of the floors are still need to be done. But the game plan is to create a shared living space to where people of the community can have an affordable place to stay at a shared living situation to where uh, we would essentially rent out each room and everyone would share the common areas such as the living room or the amenities such as the grill and the bag. And they can still have a home feel at affordable prices because that's something else that is really a big issue here in Atlanta is affordability and affordable housing. And we want to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And if we can come in and help and, you know, fix some, some, uh, Put some paint on the wall and apply some uh, some hardwood floors and just provide homes for people in the community to live in affordably. And I think that's a, a great opportunity for us to give back to the community and also give people places to stay that they may or may not have the ability to purchase themselves. And it's a win-win for us because we get a chance to finally invest here in Atlanta. We have 42 units in Jacksonville, Florida. And our business model in Jacksonville has been to cater towards people re-entering back into society. And I believe this particular home where we are right now, we want to make 
this property available for anyone who's in need of housing versus those who are formerly incarcerated. And I think from us, from a, a diversification standpoint, that will allow us to continue growing our reentry programs in Jacksonville and will allow us to provide affordable housing for everyone here in Atlanta. So this, this is a perfect house. It's a three-level home. Um, it's right here on the west side. Really nice backyard. And I'll, and I'll show you as I, as I continue to walk around. This is actually a front deck out here. That's the, the front yard down there where all of those lovely items are. But um, I'm on the second level now. I just left the master bedroom here. And it's a really nice area. Still lots of work that needs to be done. But that, that's, that's the, the, the thought process of renting out each room inside the home and allowing every client of ours to have their own safe space and opportunity to live right here, close to downtown, get a, a really nice home feeling and make it affordable for each client to have somewhere nice to stay. I'm such a fan of that. I've talked with a couple of investors over the last few weeks who really truly integrate a noble purpose into their investing. And uh, personally for me during COVID, the first few months whenever everything was locked down, nobody was going anywhere other than the grocery store, I had sort of a, a flip of the switch mentally in that it's not all about the money. If you allow your life to be all about the money, and that is the only thing driving you. You know, I, I'm sure there are some people it works for, but, but but personally, from my philosophical standpoint, you have to have something above and beyond. Money's important, money's great, but I think you can also just sleep better at night if you have a good noble cause. And you mentioned the Jacksonville Transitional Housing, and I want to pick your brain about that a little bit. You were awarded your group kind of number one in Florida by the largest private prison for the work you've done in the transitional housing area there. So how did you get into transitional housing? Absolutely. We were definitely honored to have that award of being recognized for being one of the best providers in the state of Florida. And actually, in 2019, when we were looking for different options in terms of investing into the real estate, we wanted to help people. And we had the most impact on helping people that had limited options of places to stay and it was an opportunity for us to not only give back to our community, but also help change lives. And being from Jacksonville and understanding the community and dynamics of how that environment is and, 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 and actually growing up and, and making it out of that type of environment, we understood what it's like being in some of these situations that our clients experience. And we wanted to provide them an opportunity, uh, not only places to live, but to give them opportunities to provide jobs for them and to help provide mental health resources or any drug and alcohol abuse services that they needed. So for us, it was more so about how can we have the most impact on, on helping people and people coming back home from prison, you know, may have not have had any family to help assist them who may be new to the area, who may be there from Alabama but got arrested in Florida, and they just needed housing. They just needed services. So we were able to help a lot of people out. And just some of our stories that our clients have told us in terms of, Mr. Sweet, you helped save my life. You know, Mr. Sweet, thank you so much. That is more impactful than anything. 
I can only imagine that it sounds intoxicating in a way, right? Like you, you have somebody who tells you that they've impacted or that you have impacted their life to that degree. It just has to make you hungry to effectuate that kind of change throughout more people's lives, right? Like uh, it just becomes a flywheel. Absolutely. So how does, I guess, getting into the, the nitty gritty of it a little bit, how does it cash flow? Like the property you're standing in, just ballpark, how does it cash flow? And you don't have to do specific, like exact numbers, but how does it compare to if you just held it as a single family rental? What's that look like? Absolutely. So for us, traditionally, you take a three bedroom, two bathroom, you rent it out to a single family, let's say for 1200 a month, right? And you would hope and pray that that one family would pay the rent on time. Shared living is a more effective way of helping more people, uh, providing more services to people that need them. And also it can help provide more resources for those staying inside of the home. So if you have a, like this, for example, this particular home, and this is actually, I'm on the third level here. This is a, a really large bedroom. It also has a closet in here with a nice fan and also has a nice view of uh, all of our luxurious items outside. But there, there is a total of two bedrooms on this level. There's a one bathroom on this level. And on the other level, there is three bedrooms with another full bathroom. So essentially, the traditional model has always been to uh, rent out this five bedroom to one single family, where with a shared living situation, you can now rent out each bedroom. And essentially, instead of collecting one rent payment on the first of the month, ideally it would be five different individuals paying rent instead of the one single family. So that, that's the, the ability or the power that it has in terms of paying, paying it forward to those living in the, in the house. You can provide better amenities versus, versus which when you only have one single family in here. My plan is to make this home as awesome as I possibly can and to really look at it as if I was staying in one of these rooms. And for me, that means going all out because I, I love being comfortable. I love being, I love the luxury uh, within my own home. So each room will reflect it being well done, done the right way. I love it. I love that approach. I love it. So can I selfishly pick your brain with a couple of football related questions? Absolutely. All right. What was your, if it's not one thing, name a couple, what were some of your favorite and least favorite things about being in the league? I assume practice was your favorite, right? We can start with practice. Practice was probably my least favorite thing just because it was so far away from game day, if that makes sense. And, you know, to play that sport, practice is nothing like game day. It never will be. It's never been, but game day and you, practice is, is very important. But as it relates to it being my least favorite thing, it was because the game was so far away. So if you if you got a game on Sunday, you guys play, play the game. You come back in Monday and Tuesday. You got to wait a whole. You got to wait a whole week just to go out there again. 
right? Now, it's good so you can game plan, you can prepare yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, and all that good stuff. But it's just that anticipation is, it kills you inside. So practice was my least favorite part because the games were so far away from it. My favorite part, of course, game day. Hundreds of thousands of fans, your family's in the building, just the energy and the the competitive nature on game day is is second to none. I mean, you got guys trying to compete for jobs. You got guys competing for to feed their families. And, you know, the bright lights are on you. So it's an adrenaline rush just talking about it. But game day was definitely my favorite part. I love it. In a FaceTime call you and I had a few weeks back, you showed me a photo of you on the field next to Zeke. I just savored that moment. I, I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan. My dad, he was born in 1956. So when he was growing up, it was America's team, like the height of it. And, you know, Roger Staubach was his quarterback. I grew up, you know, I, I was born in 92. And so I kind of missed the Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin glory days. I was a little too young to really remember it. So I remember the Quincy Carter, the going through a bunch of quarterbacks, and then we finally got Tony Romo and thought that was going to be it. I thought a Super Bowl was in the cards every year. Didn't pan out. But yeah, it's crazy great. Was there a place that the the game day was just exceptional compared to the others? Because I know you spent some time at a couple different big teams. So was one different or is it all, all kind of the same same level and vibe? I would say actually playing in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. It's one of those state of, state of the art stadiums. AT&T Stadium uh, down in, in Arlington, Texas. That stadium by far is really loud. It gets really loud. As you know, being a Cowboy fan and, and, and a supporter of the Cowboys, it's America's team for a reason. And yes, I would have to say Dallas. Dallas Stadium is it's a place you want to want to experience for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have to make it to a game there, but I did the stadium tour, and it, it it's a place that doesn't seem like there's a bad seat in the house. It's, it's nothing like it. It's, it's no other stadium like it. Nothing like it. Yeah, it is beautiful, beautiful. So look, William, I absolutely loved getting to chat with you. So cool that you carved out time while you're out at a property. That's a first for the Real Estate of Things podcast, doing a little remote action. I love it. Thanks so much. And we're going to have to get you on here again for another episode so you can give us an update. Man, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you having us, man. Us and Sweet Ventures are more than proud to be a part of this. Great. Thank you so much, William. Thanks to everybody for listening. Take care. Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable common sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team. And that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out LimaOne.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. 
Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.